0: what's up everyone and welcome back to the high wrestling podcast don't mind the mild asmr of me packing a bowl in the background if the mic is picking that up but it's not the high wrestling podcast if i'm not high i mean i'm already fucking high because i started the day with infused curry cups which is a fucking concept that I can get behind. Granted, I don't know why I was surprised that it would be a fucking sativa infused in the coffee. But, I mean, shit. So, been sipping on that majority of the day. Been si- uh, sipping, smoking on some lemon cherry gelato. Also forgot to mention the past few episodes that I am in California where weed is legal, and I'm over 21, I feel like I need to mention that so I don't get in trouble in some way. I don't know the rules and laws of being high on the internet, let alone a podcast, so it's illegal for me to do this, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I've allowed myself to do it for 16 episodes now, so I mean, I guess we're doing something right. But, um... Yeah. So that's it. That's that's all I got for you today. Um not really, but fuck, there's so much that was going on and I waited until my day off to just watch everything all at once and just kind of catch up and get the gist of everything. Also, the main thing that's really changing that I was going to mention at some point is that I've got a lot more energy now with my schedule changing and life kind of calming down that I can do the podcast weekly now, which is something I was aiming for when I first started it, but in terms of... How much I didn't like my schedule and how it wasn't possible to do it weekly. Um That couldn't happen, but um now it's going to fucking happen. So I have time and energy to do this weekly. And I feel like it'll save a lot of my personal sanity to do this weekly because it was actually more stressful... Doing the podcast every two weeks as opposed to every week. And I thought every two weeks was going to be like a solid schedule because I wouldn't be running out of things to talk about every single week. It wouldn't be boring every single week. But with the frequency of doing, or not the frequency, the reality of doing podcast episodes every two weeks is a fucking nightmare, because one, if I don't write it down, it doesn't exist, so two weeks would pass, and I'd be like, oh fuck, I have to sit down and record a podcast episode, and figure out, okay, has it been two weeks since the last one? Yes, okay, it's just, it's too complicated to even explain in this moment let alone try to visualize and figure it out so weekly episodes are going to be a thing going forward i am also figuring out how to do merchandise i'm starting with t-shirts because that's the easiest and cheapest option i don't know when that will happen but that'll happen soon um trying to think of it um i'm gonna order a prototype see how I like it, and if it comes out okay, we'll make it a thing for everybody else. So, March will soon come. Uh, YouTube channel is up in the air, because based on what the fuck is going on in WWE right now, I don't really want to support them, and the gist of my YouTube channel was to go watch old pay-per-views that I missed out on before I became a wrestling fan, but after the shit that happened with Naomi and Sasha and all the other bullshit they pull on a daily basis, I don't really want to do that anymore. Because it's kind of like, fuck fuck Vince McMahon. Like, Vince McMahon is, like, to me personally, the equivalent of the fucking Babadook. Or, like, what do you... It's like, what do you- you say his name, like, three times, and all hell breaks loose. Beetlejuice, Babadook, whatever you want to fucking call it. It's just- it's hell. That's not even hell. Like, that's- there's a tier lower than hell- I've, I've been saying this on Twitter, but there is a tier lower than hell that is reserved for everybody on Vince McMahon's payroll. I- 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 Personally, I don't know how I can even go back and watch the old shit because I would still feel bad about supporting them, even if it's the old shit. So I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do about the YouTube channel if I'm not supporting Vince and Hell Company, but um, we'll see. We'll figure out where that's going. But in the meantime, I have the idea of doing t-shirts and other fun merchandise, so if I don't do a YouTube channel, there will still be fun stuff like that. God, I'm fucking high. I, I, I knew the combination of coffee and weed was going to be great, because I already combined the two separately. But it all in one, my mind is going a million miles a minute. I don't really know how this episode is going to go. So pray for me. So, I'm just going to address the elephant in the room because I, again, cannot limit it to a Twitter thread or whatever the character limit is now on that godforsaken app. Um, And also, this is part of the reason I wanted to do weekly episodes because I felt like by the time I actually got got around to sitting down and talking about it in two weeks, it would be old news. But shit just keeps on happening. And shit just keeps on pissing me off that I'm like, okay, I have to say something. I mean, I was already gonna say something about it, but I just, I have to say something. Even more now. Um. I tried to give this fucking hell company a chance, like, at SummerSlam, because Becky Lynch had just come back from maternity leave, Her and Kevin Owens were the only two reasons I was still giving WWE a chance, but like for me, the first final straw was when they changed up NXT, because NXT was the last digestible piece of media that Vince was giving us. Not even Vince, but Triple H. That was like the last digestible piece of media we received. Then they went on and fucked it up. So, that was my first final straw. This whole scenario is, like, beyond childish that I'm, like, this is your employer, this is how you run a business. Like, this is in no way ethical. What? Okay, so... I... Hmm... It's hard to really have a solid opinion because it's not like I work for WWE and I was backstage when everything happened, so I and the rest of the wrestling community is really basing every single opinion off of hearsay, but I personally think that Sasha and Naomi were justified because if you are dangling title opportunities in front of my fucking face, and you know that I am one of the biggest money draws to your godforsaken company, and you tell me that these title opportunities involve me losing and not winning, and you expect me to be happy with what you treat as a secondary, if not bottom tier title? with the women's tag team titles, like, that I can fucking understand, because, like, that's bullshit, that's fucking bullshit, if you're, te- if you're promising, if you're promising me a title opportunity, but you're telling me I'm gonna lose this title opportunity, fuck you, fuck you, absolutely fucking not, if you're telling me that I'm receiving a title opportunity, I'm gonna be expecting to fucking win. Like, from a work standpoint, from an employee standpoint, if you're essentially telling me, hey, we're promoting you, but you gotta take this L, it's kind of like, no. No, I mean, like, granted, that's different, that's it's two different It's two different levels of working, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if the working world translates over to sports entertainment as in, like, the everyday modern working world. But, like, the concept is still there. You get what I'm trying to say. Like, and even not just Sasha and Naomi. It's, like, they said that Keith Lee was hard to work with just because they didn't like Just because he didn't like his creative direction. Every time Bray Wyatt said that he didn't like his creative direction, Vince would punish him for no fucking reason. And not to mention, no, this isn't even the icing on the cake. I wouldn't even consider firing CM Punk on his wedding day, the icing on the cake. Owen Hart literally died on a live pay-per-view and they kept the pay-per-view going. And we expect, what, from Vince McMahon? A man literally died on live television. And we're shocked this is happening. That's just my argument for anything WWE tries to do. A man died in the ring on live television. And he didn't even stop the pay-per-view. But, gr- granted, it's not that extreme of a situation, but... um still it's still a fucked up situation because not only are you suspending them for having valid criticism that you said you would listen to and it's like you just went around and said i'm gonna listen to you but not really do what you asked of me like grant uh, i can understand the power struggles the power plays that part i can understand of it because it's business But the way they're handling business is completely unethical. It's beyond unethical. And then, like, no one ever gets removed from the WWE shop, whether they quit, whether they're released, whether they're fired. I mean, I think the only time you get removed from the WWE shop is when your shit just goes out of production. But... If you're an active member who... I feel like even if you're released, you still have your merch in the merch shop. So... To... Strip them of the titles... And... Take their shit off the merch shop... While they're still... Technically active... It's just... It's it's suspicious to me. And... Again... It's only my opinion because I wasn't there and nobody else was there, but the people who were involved in this whole scenario, and I'm going based off hearsay and opinion, but something doesn't smell right. It just doesn't smell right to me. It's fucked up. It's a fucked up situation on both sides. Because also from an employee standpoint, if we're keeping things professional, walking out wasn't the smartest thing to do regardless. Like, I feel like regardless if you work for WWE or regardless if you work for a regular fucking job, well, I mean, depending on the circumstances, yeah, but like, if we're talking professionalism, in terms of keeping things professional, walking out was probably not the smartest thing to do. But, it's justified. It's valid. I support it. I have definitely walked out of jobs before, but, um, that's just because it was a similar situation where I was being treated unfairly. So in this case, being treated unfairly, walking out can be justified, but if it was just generalized walking out, that's kind of unprofessional it was kind of handled unprofessionally but it, it 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 was completely justified because this is a specific scenario it, that has been building up over time apparently like if it was just a simple oh no, we've got you fucked up, one-off type thing, they walked out, that I can see as being unprofessional, but this seems like something that has been built up over time, which is why I feel like them walking out is completely justified, because I think even Jimmy Uso, Naomi's husband, made a fucking comment that sometimes I forget Naomi's been in WWE for 10 years. Like, that's no way to treat, like... The same respect they give Natalia for having a long ass tenure in WWE. You see Natalia going to fucking NXT 2.0 and working with all this new talent. And I'm pretty sure her and Naomi have been in WWE for like the same amount of time. Let's actually look this up. I have my laptop open. We can pull up the fucking receipts. We can pull up the receipts. So she, so Natalia has been with WWE since like two thousand seven. First of all, I can't even Google Naomi without the shit popping up first google research first Google search. God, I can't talk well two thousand nine they well they okay, so Naomi and Natalia have both been in w w e for a long ass time, if not the same amount of time, right. Naomi gets a title that is Naomi gets handed a title that is pretty much saying your this run is useless and Natalia gets to go to NXT and work with the younger people. That it, that it's suspicious. It's so fucking suspicious. So fucking suspicious. And That I just have I The only thing I can really bring up is the Owen Hart argument. Like that's that's just it. Like Vin Ah Ah What you heard was the in real time moment of me losing my train of thought. So we took a pause, we took a hit and now we're back. But just to sum up my whole feelings about the Sasha Naomi situation is that I do feel like they were justified in walking out because, again, if you're telling me that I'm getting a title shot, but I'm expected to lose, and you expecting me to be happy with that, ah uh, No. And especially if that whole scenario was the cherry on top of stuff that has been building up for a long-ass time justified in walking out. Now, I don't want to be the person that says that race has to play, or not has to play, don't want to be the person that's saying race is playing a big part of it, too, but you can't really argue that it's not playing some part, if not a big part, because I don't want to say that it is a racially motivated scenario, but consider Vince McMahon as a person in his portrayal of people of color over the years throughout gimmicks and storylines and even the fact that he said the n-word on live tv if you go watch watch mojo's recent wwe top 10 it's like top 10 things wwe doesn't want you to see which That was actually news to me. I just found that out. And I don't know if many people know this, but there is a black person behind this podcast. I try to make it clear as frequently as possible, but yeah, I just... There are so many things about this situation that make me uncomfortable that I can really only base my opinion on because I wasn't there, nor am I, Sasha... Vince McMahon or Naomi, but is it a fishy situation? Abso-fucking-lutely. Abso-fucking-lutely. And then one thing that pissed me off, which is like completely unrelated to the scenario is just, it happens every single time. And not every single time, but it happens frequently enough to where it just pisses me off. How the wrestling community constantly shits on... Si- ah, my words. Sometimes it's not always good to do this podcast high because I can't get my words and thoughts to line up. Like, it just never works. But what I was trying to say was... I, it really fucking pisses me off when everyone in the wrestling community shits on CM Punk for sp- speaking on valid issues whether it's the Sasha and Naomi situation or voicing his support for abortion rights and just being a feminist in general when half your fucking favorites are fucking radio silent when it comes to these fucking issues like you can't support solidarity for your coworkers because you have to look good for the big bosses? Okay. You can't speak out on real life issues because you gotta check to be the face of the company? Okay. Your company doesn't even give a fuck about you. You're just as disposable as a fucking regular customer service worker. Like, granted, these are two levels of Income being a sports entertainer in- entertainer, and me someone who's working a regular ass job. But I feel like if you got the platform to speak out on issues that need attention and you're utilizing that platform to bring attention to said issues, you're doing good. But if you have a platform and you can't even acknowledge how fucked up the state of the world is in this moment, as we speak, the fuck are you doing? And like I said, CM Punk speaks up, speaks out, and supports people. Like, there didn't he literally call himself the voice of the voiceless for a hot minute? And all your fucking faves are radio silent when it comes to real-world issues, either because they don't want to speak or they're contracted not to speak on these issues because they would lose their job. Oh. Oh. Okay. And one more thing that I have been wanting to speak on, but... Have kind of been holding back because i didn't want it to make i didn't want to make it a big issue. It's just something that I've peeped that's been super weird is that why can't Cody Rhodes and c m Punk be the best in the world in the same company? Why did cm wait why did not cm Punk Why did Cody Rhodes have to go to w w e to call himself the best in the world? Why can't you be the best in the world under the company that you literally created from the ground up like what is I don't know if there's an issue there but that's kind of fishy to me because like Cody Rhodes maybe I just haven't been watching AEW long enough but I can't recall Cody Rhodes ever calling himself the best in the world before CM Punk came out of retirement and I'm a pretty observant person so, I'm I'm just saying, there's a lot of shit that's fishy that I've been trying not to speak on because I want to focus on the wrestling, but it's getting too fishy. It's getting too fishy. It's getting too suspicious for my liking. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, but on a lighter note, um, one thing I do enjoy is that, uh, you the YouTube uh, channel Dead Meat, James A. Janisse, he's been interviewing wrestlers and asking them what their favorite horror movies are, which combines, like, my two favorite things in this world, horror and wrestling, and I- when I thought that I couldn't like Jade Cargill even more, like, I've been boasting about her since I've started this fucking podcast. Her favorite horror movie is The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead is one of my favorite horror franchises, like, of all time, hands down. Like, I will defend The Evil Dead except Army of Darkness. I just physically cannot bring myself to defend Army of Darkness. I will defend the rest of them, but... Long story short, I love that one of my favorite wrestlers also shares one of my favorite horror movies with me and i am also very convinced to watch event horizon now after the after Trent Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor talked about it very curious to that one now but um if you are also I don't even know if I, I if I have the power to shout out Dead Meat because he's been doing it forever and I've only been doing this for a few months. But if you also like wrestling and horror like me, definitely check out Dead Meat because he interviews wrestlers and asks them about their favorite horror movies. Like even today I was going through my subscriptions and saw that the bunny was talking about Puppet Master which has been on my list for a long time, but like after watching Chucky and Leprechaun, I can't take horror movies with those types of antagonists seriously. But I I know Puppet Master is a really good horror movie. I just can't take it seriously due to how much I watched like The Child's Play and Leprechaun growing up. I can't take those doll antagonists seriously <clears throat> but yeah I don't know maybe I should introduce a horror aspect to this podcast or maybe just start a whole like horror podcast but I feel like I'm I'm not that qualified to I'm not that qualified to discuss horror on a podcast level, because the horror community is fucking vicious. I don't think I'm that qualified to do that. That's actually a terrifying idea. We'll revisit that. We will revisit that. that. It's a possibility that we'll revisit at a later date. Let's just actually get into the fucking wrestling of it all. I got distracted there's just i don't I don't know what it is. The connection with wrestling and horror there's just some unspoken connection there, and it is the reason that I live and breathe i I just can't explain it. There's an unspoken connection between wrestling and horror and it's just very important. I don't know why. But god, I love them both. Um But yeah, let's just get into the recaps of everything cuz everything's still fresh in my mind. I just sat down and watched everything. And I'm also really stoned, so I'm trying to, like, double-check that everything is there. So, I think I'm skimming my notes. Sorry. Um, we're really just gonna talk about Dynamite from this week. Rampage was very limited in what it was giving, because it just seemed like more build-up to Double or Nothing. So, it was kind of just, like, a once-over. Uh... But, yeah, we're gonna talk that. We're gonna talk Dynamite. gonna talk the Owen Hart tournament. gonna talk Double or Nothing predictions now that there's a bigger card. Um. And that's about it, because I don't know what else to talk about since I'm gonna do these weekly. Um. I already talked about the gist of what I wanted to talk about. We got that off our chests. Um. But yeah, so dynamite. The Joker's for the men's and the women's uh, Owen Hart tournaments. I was way off. My guesses were either Karrion Kross and Cross and Scarlet or Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. But um, it was a pleasant surprise to see Johnny Elite because I've been watching him since I don't God he's got so many fucking names. I remember when he was doing the John Morrison Jim Morrison knockoff gimmick in WWE back in like 2009 that tells you how familiar I am with Johnny Elite. Um even though it wasn't who I expected, it was a very very pleasant surprise. And even though I wasn't expecting um I have a feeling when a fuck of her name. So let me google it. So, Maki Ito. She's only 26? Oh my god, she's terrifying. I love that. Shout out Google. But, um, yeah, no, I was... So, even though I didn't predict who the physical jokers were, I was right in guessing how they were gonna progress. Because last week, I said... Whoever was going to go up against Samoa Joe was not going to progress forward. And I said whoever was going to go up against. Oh, I said Brit wasn't going to go. Wasn't going to win. I said Brit wasn't going to win. So I was like 25% right in my guesses from last week. I may not have gotten the Jokers right. But I guess that whoever the male Joker was, was not going to beat Samoa Joe. But once I saw that the Joker in the women's match was not who I expected, I knew that Brit was going to win. Like it just, as as soon as it popped up on the screen, just automatic, yeah. However, I do think the semifinals in the men's and women's tournaments are going to come down to Adam Cole and Samoa Joe and Britt Baker versus Tony Storm if not Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. But I do think it's more Britt Baker versus Tony Storm cuz they've been building that since Tony showed up. So I'm excited for that actually cuz Tony Storm is fucking If I say that I'm terrified of a wrestler, it means that they're really good at what they do. If I do not want to get in the ring with them, they are really good at what they do. I do not want to get in the ring with Tony Storm. Nor do I want to get in the ring with Britt Baker, either. Um... However, in terms of who is progressing, we're starting off with the men's because I'm literally going based off my notes and I have to stay on track if I want this episode to be successful because I've consumed a lot of weed today. This is probably going to be one of the highest episodes so far, by far. I don't have a sound effect for that. I don't even know what sound effect I could give that. Yeah, no this this is this is gonna go down in history as one of the higher episodes. Um. But <clears throat> like I said, wasn't expecting Johnny Elite. Definitely knew that he wasn't gonna progress to the se- uh, semifinals. Now. In terms of the semifinals, I knew Adam Cole was going to be Jeff Hardy, because if we're being realistic, Jeff Hardy was not going to the finals. Just, that was written as soon as the match was set up. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly, I am okay with either one of them winning the match, but... because I, that one is really hard to tell. Because they're both really good at submissions. They're both really good at submissions, so it's really hard to tell who would submit who. I personally want to say Samoa Joe because I'm biased. I fucking love Samoa Joe. But I don't think Kyler. Ah, fuck. I really don't think Kyler Riley's going to survive. I didn't. I, keep in mind, I said survive, not win. I think Samoa Joe's going to go all the way and take the entire Owen. Because what I think is happening. What I personally think is happening is that they're using this Owen Hart tournament to set up. The Hardys and Darby Allen and Sting versus the Undisputed Elite. So they're definitely not even worried about Samoa Joe going to the finals. Because if Samoa Joe goes to the finals, it puts an even bigger target on his back for whatever the fuck is going on with him and Jay Lethal. That's that's fucking brilliant storytelling right there. I'm sitting here, it's all the realization is settling in. That's brilliant storytelling right there. Um but yeah, no, I think Samojo's gonna go all the way because I definitely think they're just using whatever this Owen tournament is to set up Undisputed Elite and the Goth Kids, 'cause they they really need like if Darby Allen and Sting are going to be coming out here every week to aid the Hardys. They need like a big group name because I cannot call people by their individual names. Like, And we're going to get to this later, but same with Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz and the BCC, like they need a group name too because there are too many fuck, they need some adjectives. There are too many nouns. They need, like, a big group adjective to make things easier. Alright, so... <clears throat> but... In terms of the men's, I really think Samoa Joe is going to go all the way, but I do I just, I can see either, I can see two things happening. Samoa Joe could either go all the way, or it could really either be Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in the finals, because either one would advance both of their storylines right now, for being realistic. But I personally want to see Jamo- Samoa Joe take it all the way, because I feel like that would just be a bigger thing in his feud with Jay Lethal but that's just me um I want to say that Takeshita absolutely brought a banger of a match against Hangman Page but if you've been listening this long you know how I feel about Hangman Page. I didn't really pay attention to that match. Because every Hangman page match to me personally feels like a TED talk. Without words. And don't get me wrong. He is a fighting champion. And it is. And I'm not saying that I don't like Hangman because he bores me. Because just because he bores me, it doesn't mean that I don't like him. Because you can be boring as shit. It doesn't mean that I don't like you. You just bore the fuck out of me. And Hangman does just that, unfortunately. Like, he, he is just so boring. As 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 a champion. Like, he's, I, I, he just bores me. I cannot put it in any other words. He's just fucking boring, right? But, I will say, for someone who is just... For someone with such a boring personality, he's a really good wrestler. And... Like I said, I don't not like him. He's just boring. And he's like, he's a really good wrestler because what he did with Takeshita was super good. That match was really fucking good. It's just... He is boring, but realistically, why would you have your champion lose going into a big pay-per-view on the tales of your three-year anniversary as a wrestling promotion you would why would you have your champion lose leading into all of those events and it's just i think i think like where am i where am i on my notes There's something that I wrote like farther down that I need to bring up into the thought process. So, one, I found it. I found it. I wrote a lot of fucking notes. For one two you can have the personality to carry a championship but you could also hold the belt for a long time and those two things can never correlate that's the best way i can sum up the title reign of Hangman Adam Page because he's been holding the belt for a long time. But he doesn't have the personality to carry the championship. And I only came to that conclusion because I was watching Britt and Maki Ito, and Britt is a really good wrestler, just like Hangman Adam Page is a really good wrestler. Their only downfall falls. Were that they were holding the belts for a very... Rolling tray ASMR. They were holding the belts for a very long time. But they didn't have the personality to carry the championships. If you get what I'm saying, you get what I'm saying. If you don't get it, you just don't get it. I'm also just not a fan of wrestlers doing other people's finishing moves because I feel like Hangman Adam Page doing CM Punk's GTS was a dick ride more than it was an attempt to get into his brain before their match. Like, that was just... To make matters worse. And I, let me clarify again. Not saying that I don't like Adam Page. He's just boring. And it he, he's trying... But he's just, he's boring. He's trying. And I I can give him a gold star for trying. But I cannot force myself to like someone who gives me a TED talk every time I see them on my screen, screen. Either with words or without words. That man is a walking TED talk and I just can't fucking do it. I just can't fucking do it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he retained at Double or Nothing. I would prefer if the title went to Punk, just so... Because, like he said, like, like he said, I think he said it in a promo, I don't know how long ago, but he may not have that much time left as a wrestler i would definitely like to see him hold a world championship before he retires for real for real and if that means he gets he gets to beat the shit out of hey Man adam page to do it absolutely fucking lootly i'm rooting for cm punk because i they don't give awards to ted talks that's all i got to say at least i don't think they do But, um, I had a guilty pleasure match pop into my mind while I was watching this episode of Dynamite because I know that Rapongi Vice and FTR are going to go at it next week for, I think it's the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Yes, it is. I, I can see the graphic in my mind. It is the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Open your third eye. Um, but yeah, no, as, as much as I want to see that match too, that match is about to be a fucking banger. Can you imagine Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee going into a program with Rapongi Vice? I would just love to see that for my own personal satisfaction, but I do love what they're doing with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs because they have been delivering nothing but one liners, nothing but memes. Especially this week, because the way that they kept roasting Ricky Starks for his fucking outfit, I was in tears. Tears! Because he, to be fair, he was really dressed for brunch. When you really need to be showing up dressed to fight. Like, when when Christian said that he was, when Ricky was dressed for golf with his grandfather... That was just the perfect way to describe it. You gotta be dressed to fight. You can't show up to fight and attack people in your brunch clothes. And I've said this before about Ethan Page, too. You can't, like, you guys are show, showing up it's Sunday brunch, Easter Sunday. But I, I don't understand, like, I get looking good for TV, but, like, don't waste your good clothes on a fight. Don't waste your good clothes on a fight. Now, in another chapter of my long-standing, one-sided feud with Tony Khan, he keeps fucking dangling Jade Cargill versus Chris Statlander in my face like a fucking nutsack. And it pisses me off. And if you don't know I have beef with Tony Khan because he just never really puts out any tour dates for the West Coast. He doesn't really put anything on a West Coast feed. And I am someone who lives on the West Coast. So I have taken this personally. Not, Not literally in a in a non-serious satirical satirical way I have taken this personally that Tony Khan doesn't support the west coast I am putting this narrative out there and you know we it just it all started when I started watching AEW And like finally got the hang of everything and finding out when everything is. I was watching everything from the DVR like I still am. And then it was just beef until that small period when Dynamite was, or Dynamite was still on TNT and they aired on the West Coast. So on my days off... I was able to watch Dynamite live at the same time with as everybody else. It was, like, for two or three months, and then they moved to TBS. So, like, Tony and I, we were cool when he had it on the West Coast feed. Like, we were beefing when I had complained about having to catch up on the DVR, and then we were cool when he put it on the West Coast feed, and then he went back, and then he went to TBS, and then I had to go back to watching the DVR. So now we're somewhat in a beef. Because I'm catching up on the DVR. There is no West Coast feed for Dynamite currently. Not so much in a beef with him because I can't go to Dynamite in LA anymore. That's just a beef with the government and our financial situation. Because it life does not need to be so fucking expensive. So that's, that's nothing on Tony's part. Life is just expensive. Right? However... I have beef with Tony Khan again because you cannot just put this dream match, this dream feud that I have been talking about since I started this fucking podcast in my face because when Chris and Red Velvet were doing their promo for their match on Rampage and Jade walked in, you can't just do that to me, Tony. Anthony. Anthony. That's that's the full name. Of, what is his full name? Antony, listen to me. We need to fix this. We need to fix this. We need to fix this if we want to be on good terms. You can't just keep dangling this dream match fe- in, in my face like a fucking nutsack. Why do you do this? Y- y- you... Tease us with these dream matches and you just never, you never deliver. I have been waiting. We've all been waiting for this. Please drop the ball on this one feud. If you don't, if you don't come back to the West Coast, at least give me Jade Cargill versus Chris Statlander. And if you do come to the West Coast, aim for uh Sacramento, please. That's all I ask. Two simple things. I'm a simple woman. Just those two things. That's all I ask. Los Angeles is expensive, Anthony. Also, I'm pretty sure my mom has a scarf similar to MJF's. Like it I the more I look at it, the more I'm just like, I'm pretty sure she has a scarf similar to that. Not even gonna lie to you. I want to honestly have like a who wore it best between the two like if I I'm gonna who wore it best between my mom and MJF and that Burberry scarf I think oh my god I think she actually wore it because I don't know if I've told the story of my mom accidentally just running into Mark Henry at the airport one time I definitely think she was wearing the Burberry scarf in the photo with her and Mark Henry. But, um, I don't remember the story word for word, but, um, she was on her way home from vacation and she was, I think she was checking in and she looked over, she saw the... The Hall of Fame ring. She noticed it because the Hall of Fame ring is like fucking huge. Obviously huge and shiny. And she looked closer and saw it was the WWE Hall of Fame ring. And she was like, oh shit. I know who you are because of my daughter, obviously. I'm trying to find that fucking photo. And so the rest was history. They just fucking met at the airport. Trying to find the photo, but I literally have no idea what I did with it. The problem with my camera roll is that there are way too many memes. There's more memes than there are, like, necessary photos that should be in a camera roll. Um... I'm going to find this fucking photo. No, she was not wearing the Burberry scarf in the photo. But I know she has a fucking Burberry scarf. But yeah, that, that that was um a terrible recollection of the story time my mom met Mark Henry at the airport. It was just fucking random. She had texted me about it. She's like, who's Mark Henry? I'm like, he's a wrestler, and uh, and she said, I just met him at the airport, and I'm like, well, fuck. Thanks. I think. I, I don't remember the story exactly. I might have to bring her on so she can, like, tell the story. Um, but, back to what we were talking about. Um, in, in talks of the Burberry Scarf, I was low key kind of getting bored of MJF and Wardlow because it's it doesn't seem like they are consistent in their hatred for each other. Every week, it just gets more like the build up to their eventual eventual match just gets more and more lackluster. If anything. Like, they could do so much better. They could be delivering so much more, and... I don't know why it just feels like a chapter is closing. Like, once the Wardlow-MJF feud ends, it just feels like a chapter is closing. Like, what else... What else can MJF give us? Not to be, like, rude. But, um, yeah. He was also exceptionally orange this week uh with the spray tan. He was exceptionally orange, and it was giving... For those who watch Drag Race, you guys n- remember that scene where Alyssa Edwards was like, Girl, look how fucking orange you look. I That's the first scene that came to mind because, like, I don't think you're supposed to have spray tan on the palms of your hands. But then again, I've never really needed spray tan or to be in the tanning booth in general. But I just, I do have the feeling that it's not supposed to be on your hands. Like, on the palm of your hands. He was looking as orange as, um, what is that champagne bottle? I, I'm i looking directly at it. I know that I'm gonna fuck up the pronunciation of it, because I don't know anything about accents. And I will boldly display my ignorance of accents and not knowing how to pronounce things. Because I would rather admit that I don't know than fuck it up and look like a fool. But, um, that bottle of champagne is Clico? I don't know. I'm looking right at it because my mom has one. It's like bright orange, like Cheeto orange almost. I'm like, that's not supposed to be on the palm of your hands, my guy. But I don't know anything about tanning or self-tanner. Or anything of the sort. It just, it didn't look right. My dude was looking orange. Like, normally, him and Wardlow look orange on a week-by-week basis. Wardlow didn't look as orange as MJF did this week. And then one thing I wanted to note, note was when Kyle and Ray Phoenix were going at it. That fucking move where... Kyle countered and tried to get Ray Phoenix in the armbar, that was some sick-ass shit. I fucked with that. And then, if we go into the whole Jericho Appreciation Society, Blackpool Combat Club, Kingston, Santana, Ortiz feud, one, I can't wait to see them kill each other. And two, I can't help but feel like this feud is commentary on that imaginary feud that people try to pit WWE and AEW against each other. Like, I feel like it's kind of commentary on that. Or maybe I'm just reading too much into things, like I normally do. But that's so fun of dissecting shit. Um, But still, I noticed that, like... Everything that the Jericho Appreciation Society has said, whether it's scripted or unscripted, has really been a reflection of what WWE wrestlers have kind of said about AEW. I I'm just... You peep the similarities enough to where it's like, okay, something's kind of fishy here, but I feel like it is kind of... If it's not a direct... commentary on AEW and WWE going head to head or whatever it really is reflecting it in a sense like if it's if it's not directly calling it out it is very subtle because there really is a difference between sports entertainment which is what WWE is like like WWE is really there to entertain you which is why it's not always going to be good because their focus is entertainment it's literally in the name to entertain they hire sports entertainers however aew all elite wrestling there is more a focus on wrestling which What people fail to understand since WWE has set the bar so high is that professional wrestling can be just as entertaining as sports entertainment. And I wonder if that's the message that they're trying to relay like with this gimmick and this commentary. But that's also why I feel like wwe versus aew that whole narrative is so fucking pointless because even though wwe is there to entertain you it doesn't mean that professional wrestling can't be as entertaining because if professional wrestling wasn't entertaining i wouldn't be sitting up here dissecting aew every fucking week I would be honestly be sitting up here ranting about how WWE sucks, and people would be like, Why are you sitting up here ranting about how much WWE sucks when you can go watch something else? Um. But since we're at the end of my notes again with the Owen Hart women's tournament I do definitely believe that it's gonna be wait it can't even be Brit and Tony in the finals holy fuck I'm fucking stupid cause they're gonna fight each other in the semi-finals that's why it's important to take notes and follow your notes when you do something as stupid as this. Um as much as I wanted to be Tony Storm and Chris Statlander in the finals, it is definitely going to be Tony Storm and Ruby Soho in the finals. that's i that I feel like that's the route they're going. But I feel like the women's side of things is going to be so unexpected that it's going to be, like, too hard to... It's too hard to tell. It's so hard. It's it's so hard. I just... I'm biased because I want Chris to go all the way. If I'm being quite honest. So, I want to end this episode by just... Going over the double or nothing uh, card in my predictions. Since now that there's more matches added to the card, I can give more insight. And I'm probably going to do this again next week since it's like the last... Well, no. These are going to be my final predictions on double or nothing. Because by the time I sit around and give my final predictions next week. The pay-per-view will have already happened, so no. These are my final um, predictions for Double or Nothing. So, definitely going Hookhausen versus Tony Nese, uh over Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. Definitely think that Jade Cargill is going to beat Anna Jay because I don't think anybody can end Jade Cargill's streak but Chris Statlander. I'm gonna be biased until Tony Khan gives us what we want or gives me what I want, but I'm gonna be biased until that fucking happens. Um... I wish it could really be a three-way with Kyle O'Reilly, Samoa Joe, and Adam Cole for the men's Owen Hart Cup Tournament Final, but I really think Samoa Joe is going to win the final. Really want to see Chris Statlander take it all the way for the women's Owen Hart Cup Tournament, but I don't think Tony Khan is going to give me what I want. Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. It is so hard for me to be invested in this feud because somebody on Twitter pointed out that since Thunder Rosa has won the belt she has barely been on television. So with Thunder Rosa barely being on television and barely being to barely, barely being able to speak her piece and defend her title, I can't really be invested in Thunder Rosa going after Serena D because I just feel like this is another beef I have with Tony Khan. I just feel like he puts the title on people and they just don't have any other personality or they don't get the chance to really showcase their skills as a champion once they get the title because barely seen Thunder Rosa since she got the belt. I didn't even think Thunder Rosa was going to walk out during that promo that Serena cut on. Dustin Rhodes Thunder Rosa was the last person I expected to walk out because I have barely seen her since she has won that belt I also want Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland to win the AEW World Tag Team Championship because I feel like Jurassic Express have run their course with the tag team titles and I feel like christian's interference or whatever christian is doing now might cost them the tag team titles like i feel like he's being too harsh harsh to the point where he can cost them the titles so i'm going with keith lee and swerve strickland and because I don't feel like saying all those fucking names, Anarchy in the Arena match, very, very excited for that one. I don't care who wins. I'm just excited to see everybody beat each other's ass in that one. I'm just excited for straight violence in that match, okay? Because one thing. One thing Chris Jericho is gonna do is deliver a big match. Blood and guts, stadium stampede, now anarchy in the arena. I expect nothing less from Chris Jericho. I'm fucking ready, and I th- uh, if I if I remember correctly, stadium stampede was the pinnacle versus the inner circle. So I love big ass matches like that. Bring it on! I'm ready for that. I'm just ready to see some ass get beat. For that one. Um House of Be- House of Black and Death Triangle. I'm honestly going House of Black on that one because I just am biased. I like House of Black. I like their gimmick. I'm picking up what they're putting down. I love that one. Now the Hardy's versus the Young Bucks. Can I tell you how much that match is freaking me out? But it's not freaking me out for the reasons that you think it is. I literally said it's freaking me out because I literally said last week that I'm glad that they aren't pulling the trigger on the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Although they do have time to make it happen before Double or Nothing, I like that they're building up towards the Hardys versus Young Bucks at some point. That's the only reason I'm freaking out because I knew it was coming. I just wasn't expecting to hap- it to happen so fucking soon. I feel like they could have waited on that one but it's not like i'm gonna say no to seeing the young bucks and the hardies go at it and one thing that's making me nervous is that even though i have the money to watch double or nothing on pay-per-view i haven't seen any mention of it being available in theaters this go around and i'm kind of stressed because i would rather pay 25 dollars to watch this pay-per-view rather than 50. Cause, like I said, life is expensive, so I I would I would rather pay twenty. Like if I gotta pay the fifty dollars, I'll pay the fifty dollars. But I would rather pay the twenty five dollars, and go watch it in the theater. Because like if if you really think about it, fifty dollars to watch the pay per view at home versus twenty five dollars. Half of that is the ticket, and the other half of that is gas. To get to my destination. Logic. Reasoning. Let's be real. But I mean. I'm going to watch Double or Nothing either way. Um, MJF and Wardlow. I wish I could be invested in that. I'm very excited for it. Not going to lie. I just wish that I could be invested in it. Because it seems like the build to that match gets lackluster and lackluster every single week. Like, it's just... It's not hidden. Like, it really could hit. But we'll see when Double or Nothing comes around. Although I do think Wardlow is going to win. Like, it just... Like, I think that... I think that it is just so painfully obvious that Wardlow is going to win that we're just not going to expect MJF to win. Find like a sneaky way to win, you know? And then I'm just going for CM Punk to beat Adam Page because like I said, you can hold the belt for a long time but you also need the personality to carry the championship. And that's it. That's it for this week. Um, I can say that I have literally been thinking about the Habit Burger this whole fucking time. And I think that I'm going to reward myself with that. And I will see you guys again next week. For more nonsense. Hell yeah.